So this morning what we're doing, you guys, is we are kicking off a new four-part series, and it's called The Genius of Jesus. The Genius of Jesus. And uh, it's where we're, we're looking at some of the characteristics, some of the leadership styles, uh, some of the values that Jesus held as he ministered on earth, as he inaugurated his kingdom. And so we all know that uh, Jesus... Um, is considered, I think most of us know, by sociologists to be the most influential man who ever lived. He had, there's no other uh, life that has come and gone on this planet that has been more influential than that of Jesus, that has made a greater impact than that of Jesus. I mean, think about it. A lot of people have come and gone. A lot of people have had big influence on our world. Um, in fact, sociologists would say that Jesus was number one and Karl Marx was number two. Think about that for a second. Jesus was the most influential man who ever lived, and the second most influential man who ever lived was Karl Marx. Wow, that's crazy. That is insane, okay? And, uh, but we look at the impact that Jesus had. 2,000 years later, here we are. Here we are. And a lot of that wasn't simply due because, oh, yeah, he was Jesus. He was Jesus, of course. But Jesus made conscious decisions in his lifetime that created that sort of influence. He lived in certain ways that created that influence. And so we want to talk about some of those things. And so I think that we can learn a few things from the life of Jesus just about our own lives, of growing in Christ, of just succeeding in life, experiencing life abundantly, uh, and our leadership, and our impact on the world all around us. I know everybody kind of cringes a little bit when you say leadership. Just about everybody either. It's, it's almost like the people in the leadership area are divided into two, two parts, right? One is, yeah, I feel like I'm a leader, and I, and I have a position, and I'm a leader. And the rest are like, no, I shirk from leadership. No, don't talk to me about leadership. Leadership, no, 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 no. Like, it's the hot potato. And uh, listen, if you're alive, you're in leadership, okay? If you're alive, you are influencing others. So you're either you're leading in your family, right? Or you're leading in your workplace, even if you don't have a title. You are in leadership. Look at the person next to you and just tell them you're a leader, you're a leader. You are. Yeah. You are. You are a leader. In some area or another, you are a leader. And so we all influence others. And so before we kind of move into this, though, I have a, I have a s- small confession to make. I have a small confession to make. And uh, you guys know I, I have lots of confessions. Uh, I, I like to get the skeletons out of my closet and uh, so, you know, I like to just, make, let's just make confession. I like to live kind of transparently that way. But I have a confession to make, and that's that I, I like a lot of things. I do. I like a lot of things. I like to do a lot of things. I have a lot of interests. Uh, I like to launch new things. I like to teach. I like to write. I like entrepreneurial things. I like to play guitar. Uh, I keep trying to, I keep auditioning for the worship team and I keep getting shot down but um, I'm practicing um, but I like to play I like to I like to make videos I like to do a lot of things I, there's, I just do I have a broad range of interests and uh, 
And having such a broad range of interests, I'll be honest with you, has not always served me well. It just, it just hasn't. You know, having so many irons in the fire, as it were, having so many things that I enjoy doing, so many things that I'm involved with. And, you know, for one thing, you know, I like to write. One of, that's one of the things that I like to do. I like to write. And if I focus more, if I sort of, if I, if I narrowed the focus and didn't think about the other things and I just wrote, uh, I focus on less things, I would be able to publish more books. Right now I kind of, publish books every other year. I'd be able to publish more books. Um, and, and they would probably be written better, I'd say. Yeah, if I focused more, they'd probably be written better. They'd probably sell more copies. Um, I have a little, like a YouTube channel. It's really no big deal. Please don't go look it up. And, um, but I, I just, I enjoy making videos. Like, I, I think it's fun. It's fun to make videos. And if I, if I focus more on making videos and, and less on other things, I'd probably... I probably have more likes, subscribes, and comments, right? Yeah, I probably have. That would probably be more of a big deal, okay? Uh, if I focus more on playing guitar, y'all kind of following me here? If I focus more on playing, I might make it on the worship team. I might, I might be as good as John one day, maybe, maybe. Uh, I'll, I'll never have the luscious locks, but I might be able to play as well, maybe, <laughs> maybe. You know, you get the picture. And so, I don't know, you might be in this, you might be the same as me, right? You, you, you have more ideas than you have resources to do them. You know, some people are just idea people. They always got lots of ideas. And, uh, or, or you're, you know, you're, you're a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Has anybody ever heard that expression before? Hey, he's a jack of all trades, he's a master of none. You know, he can do all sorts of things, but he's not a specialist in any of them. And, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like, Life is like one of those restaurants. Have you ever gone to one of those restaurants and they've got those massive, like, huge laminated menus that, you know, you could hide behind or camp under if you had to? And they've just got, like, all sorts of stuff. Like, like what, who has that? Is that like Fuddruckers or what's that place over on 53rd with the giant menus? Red Robin? Or something like that. Anyway, you go to these places and they've got these huge laminated menus. There's like a hundred things on them. And, like, you have to tell the waiter or waitress five times, just give me a couple minutes. I can't make up my mind. I can't decide. You ever go to one of those restaurants? Then you end up going, what do you like, <laughs> Mr. Wait Person? What do, you, what do you usually get? And, you know, they, they, you know they, they maybe point to something. Well, you know, I like the, I like the grande rito, uh, burrito or whatever it is. I don't know. You know, I like the, the... They have weird names, you know. It's like, okay, don't be clever. Just be tasty. That's all I want. And so, and, and so, try, and so life becomes like a restaurant with the big old menu, you know. It's like, it's like you lock up. You can't make up your mind. What, what should I focus on? What should I do, right? And when the menu of the restaurant is just too big, it's hard to decide what you want. And when the menu of your life is just so huge, it's hard to feel like you're really kind of uh, engaging or, 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 or participating in, like, massive significance. You, you kind of feel like you're just sort of spread thin. You're sprinkled out here and there. You're like jam scraped across too much toast. Right? Did I say it right? Oh, my gosh. It's like, no. How does it go? You're like, what? Butter. Scraped across toast. Okay. So, yeah, okay. Sorry. Lord of the Rings reference for those of you nerds. Um, 
Later on, Steve's going to come out and give you all snuggies. So he's going to, what? Nerd. Right? Did you ever do that to kids? Tell me, tell me you made it through junior high and high school without ever giving a single snuggie. She just said you got them done to you. Oh, oh, you were in her too. Okay. <laughs> I got the scars to prove it. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> got my nerd scars. So, you know, but I believe that when you read about the life of Christ, right, he wasn't like that. He wasn't like that. His approach to life was very singular. His approach to life was singular. It was very, it was genius. It was focused. And, and you know, we're now part of Jesus' kingdom because of his singular life, because of his singular focus, because of his one thing. Think about it. This guy had a three-year ministry. That's it. Three years, and he changed the world. You know, we've been doing this here for 10. We're still working on this neighborhood, right? Jesus did for three years. He changed the world. He was singularly focused. And so I want to talk about kind of that the power of living singularly today. But really quick, let me pray before I say any more things that make Steve want to punch me. So, uh, (laughs) Uh, Jesus, we welcome you here. We love you. We praise you. And we ask that you would cause your word to come alive in us today. God, that you would bring change to us. That you would transform us, God. And uh, Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we are going to start off. We're going to take a look at John chapter 10, verses 9 through 15. And in this passage, Jesus comes along and he reveals his focused purpose for his life at that time. Jesus opens up his menu and you see one thing. And uh, this is what he says. He says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. I love it right there. You know, Jesus saying, I'm the gate. And I'm here so that if you come through me, you will find good pastures. He says, the thief's purpose, and he points the finger at the devil at this point and says, his purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So he just lays it out right there. You all want to know what I'm about? You all want to know what my purpose is? You all want to know why I'm here? It's to give them a rich and satisfying life. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. Think about that for just a second. He says, not only is that my purpose, but I'm sacrificing my life for this. Wow, okay? And he says, a hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He'll abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Wow, there's so much in here. Like, we could unpack this one for days, uh, but instead we're going to unpack it for about 15, 20 minutes. So, see, so the thing that, that we're learning from the genius of Jesus today is this, and that's that a one-thing life is a life that makes an impact. A one-thing life is a life that makes an impact. And I hope that by the time that we're done this morning that you kind of understand what this idea is of having a one-thing life that you kind of maybe go, yeah, all right, I, I need the Lord's help. And, I, you know, one of the things that, 
that I felt like the Lord even speaking to me over the last week while I was on my retreat is God, you know, prompting me and pushing me, Lee, you need to narrow the focus. You need to narrow the focus. And so, and I hope that God will kind of begin to push you in that direction. You need to narrow the focus of your life. Narrow the focus. And so Jesus declared his focus. Jesus declared his one thing in verse 10, and that was what? To give his followers abundant life. To give his followers life to the fullness, right? And so uh, you, uh, you and Jesus might have a few disagreements over what a rich and satisfying life looks like. A lot of times when we think abundant life and we think rich and satisfying life, we, we, we look at that through an American lens, you know. And so, you know, what we, a lot of us, we think rich and satisfying life. We're like, finally, I'm going to get a new car, you know. Well, maybe not. You and Jesus might have disagreements over rich and satisfying life. I believe that when Jesus talks about a rich and satisfying life, he's talking about a life of purpose and a life of kingdom purpose. And, you know, you guys might have disagreements, but Jesus said that he would sacrifice his life to make it happen. That's how much it meant to him that you find good pastures, that you understand what it means to have abundant life in him, that he, it meant so much to him that he was willing to sacrifice his life for it. Okay? That was his purpose. And so uh, he, he came to move us from lost to found. From lo- he just wanted to take you from lost and to found. He said in Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man, he's referring to himself there, the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. To seek and save those who are lost. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, if it's important to Jesus, it should be important to us. And it was important to Jesus to seek and to save that what was lost. So, like, when Wendy comes up here on a Sunday morning and says, bring somebody to church for Easter, it's because Jesus came to seek and save that what was lost. And if it was important to him, it should be important to us. It's not so that we can fill the seats on Easter Sunday, right? It's because it was important to Jesus that we seek and save that which was lost. To bring people from a state of being lost to a state of being found. And a lot of people find that when they come to church and they hear the word of God, right? In, on Easter, Easter is the most receptive time throughout the year to invite somebody to church. 70% of unchurched people have said on surveys that if somebody just invited them to church and brought them on Easter, they would go. 70%. You literally have a greater chance of having somebody say yes and coming with you on Easter than any other day of the year. And so we're making it easy for you. We even have gifts that you can give them. Holy cow. Wow. Doesn't get easier than that. Here's a little gift. I'll pick you up. Right? In fact, we should strike the word invite people from church and just put in the word bring. Right? Because like 90% of the time we invite somebody, they don't come. But if we go, you know what? I'll be at your house at 940. Come on out, let me bring you in. Afterwards, I'm going to buy you lunch. Huh? I think it's worth it to buy somebody lunch. I think it's worth it to take somebody out, spend some time with them, right? And so Jesus was this person of singular focus, singular mission. We can learn a lot from him. I want to show you just really quick. Uh, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. A classic movie clip. It wasn't a classic. It was brand new when I was a kid. It's a classic now. <laughs> but I'm gonna, It's in color and it's a talkie. It's a talkie. Yeah, there's... Yeah, you don't have to read the... Yeah, no. Yeah, go ahead ahead and play that. One thing, right? One thing. One thing. 
the funny thing is, is when we hear and we talk about singular focus, we hear about one thing, a lot of people get tied up in knots over the, well, what about the one thing? I don't know what the one thing is. What if I choose the wrong one thing? What if the one thing is this and it was supposed to be that and I spent all my life on this one thing? Don't worry about it, right? Don't worry about it. I want to break it down a little bit. So first thing, our one thing, the one thing is rooted in eternal importance. Eternal importance. So let's just start there, right? Your one thing should be rooted in eternal importance. Jesus' one thing was rooted in eternal importance. Jesus' one thing was not to, you know, st- uh, start a company that would one day fall, right? Like I know that I, there's a guy that I listen to occasionally, and his one thing is creating the next Disney. You know, like that's his, he wants to start a company and create, you know, content that's like the next Disney. And I think, well, that's okay. That's cool. That's good. That's wonderful. It's not necessarily rooted in eternal significance, though. You know, you're just trying to start a company, make a lot of money, you know, uh, grow your own fame. But Jesus, one thing, changed the world forever. You know, the greatest purpose uh, looks at what God wants and asks, how can I spend my life in a way that will help bring that about? So what does God want? And how can I spend my life in a way that will help bring that thing about? So I have a friend. He's a good friend of mine, wonderful human being. And his one thing, his one thing is simply to raise his children in the ways of the Lord. Right? That's like his one thing. I just, I, I want to raise my kids. Now, he has six kids. So he already basically has his own youth group, right, at his house. But he has six kids. And it, that's just one thing, to raise them in the ways of the Lord. And all, of, all but one of his kids are actually adults now. All but one of his kids are actually adults now. And all of his kids and their families, their spouses, their children, love Jesus now. Isn't that awesome? That was just one thing. That's how I want to spend my focus. That's how I want to te- spend the attention of my life and not only that, but it was almost like, you know, as a, as, a, as a side blessing to his one thing, all of his children are also entrepreneurs now. And so all of his kids, they have their own little businesses, they have their own little investments, and they're giving to the kingdom. They're contributing to the kingdom. They contribute to their church. They contribute to causes. His youngest son, who's like, what, 12? Huh? 13, his youngest son is raising money every year for pregnancy resources. Like, it's just wonderful. And so when you look at that, you might think, okay, his one thing is to raise his kids in the ways of the Lord. Great, that makes an impact on his kids, but what, what else does that do? Well, it's doing lots. And it's having these wonderful ripple effects through generations, right? And it's going to have an eternal significance. That's sort of just his one thing. And I, and I think it's really cool. I think he's doing a wonderful... I've never seen anything like it. Like, it's, it's incredible. And so, you know, I, I, have a, I have a written down, my one thing, my one thing is to help people move from where they are to God's best for their life. That's, that's the thing that, that drives me, right? That's the thing that informs my decisions. It, it guides where I'm going to allocate my time. It guides where I'm going to allocate my, uh, my financial resources. It informs how I raise my kids. And it's how I know if I'm succeeding in life. How do I know if I'm succeeding in life? Well, am I helping people get from where they are to where God wants them to be? That's how I know, right? And so that one thing is rooted in eternal importance. Y'all following me? Good. All right. Stay with me. Okay? 
And the thing about one thing, the second thing about one thing that's really interesting and really awesome and really powerful is that a one thing life guards against distraction. Man, I tell you, we live in a, a world of distraction, don't we? Holy cow. Does anybody here ever look at your phone and get mad and want to throw it? Like, ugh, you're just full of distraction. You're killing me, you know. I wish you didn't cost so much money. I'd throw you against the wall, right? I would, they just need to make phones where you can literally throw them against the wall and it won't hurt them because then it'll kind of give you a sense of awesome. They actually, when I, when I was growing up, it was, uh, it was not uncommon for people to have to take their television in for repair because they would throw things at it. Seriously, they would throw things. And so they marketed, uh, they came out with a little product, and it was a foam brick. Does anybody remember the foam brick, or is this just me? It was literally, it was a foam brick that you can throw at your TV, and it wouldn't hurt it. And so I wish that they did that for, for phones. You know, let's just make it so that we can toss them and stomp on them, and they'd be okay. But we live in a world of just overflowing distraction. Uh, I read recently that the average person is confronted with 20,000 advertisements a day. 20,000 in one way or another. So whether it's you're your scrolling, and I don't know about you, if, if anybody else here noticed that if you're on social media, it's almost like every third or fourth post now is an advertisement. It used to be like every seventh or every tenth or whatever, and now it's like every third or fourth post is an advertisement. So people are confronted with 20,000 advertisements a day, whether it's you're listening to the radio, you're watching TV, you're on social media, you're reading an article, and there's five advertisements, you know, pop-ups, all sorts of things. And so we, because we spend so much time online, and then also as we're driving, we see signs and billboards and all these things. We are inundated with advertisements. We're inundated with things and companies and people that are jockeying for our attention. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, right? It's, and so we all, and we all know people who seem passionate about something one day, right? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this business. I'm going to... Uh, you know, I'm going to record this album. I'm going to write this book. I'm going to, you know, and they're passionate about something one day, and then they move on to something else the next. And, you know, uh, you might ask them, how are you doing with that? You know, I heard you were going to, you know, write that book. I heard you were going to start that business. How how are you doing with that? I don't know. I never got around to it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. It's because this constant distraction just pulling us away from those things and, and, and onto something else. But when you, you're one thing focused, when you have a one thing focus, it helps to guard you against the things that waste your time and money because you know that that time and money could have gone towards fulfilling that vision for your life. You know that, right? And you say to yourself, I'm not going to buy those shoes or I'm not going to go out to eat five times this week because I want to put my money towards what my passion is. I want to put my money towards that one thing. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a book that I can walk my children through because my purpose, my one thing is to grow my kids in the Lord. Or instead of taking, you know, and uh, you're spending our... Because we, you know what we do. We never just dump all our money on one thing. Most of us, our money goes away because, you know, it's death by a thousand cuts, Right? It's because, you know, because we stopped at the gas station every time we get gas. We were just talking about this. Stopped at the gas station every time we get gas to buy something, to buy a pop or get a snack or whatever. Or, you know, we go out to eat three times a week. And, you know, guys, it's like if you go out to eat these days, you need to take a loan out. 
It's, so, it's gotten so expensive. And if you've got kids, if there's like four or five of you, forget it. You know, it's either send them to college or take them out for fast food. You know, it's, it's like... Psh. And so we have all these things distracting us, but when you have that one thing and you're like, no, this is the thing. I knew a guy who is a drummer, and he's probably one of the best drummers I've ever heard. He has impeccable timing. He's a funk drummer, and he actually uh, is a studio musician, and he has recorded probably with bands that you've heard of. And, uh, and I remember um, spending time with him, and he was the biggest mooch I ever met. Like, man, if you went out to eat, he would sit there and not order anything, but he would eat off your plate. Hey, can I get someone in fries? You know, and, and it was like unbelievable. And he would wear like the same old outfit. Every time I saw him, he was wearing like one of three t-shirts, an old coat, the same pants, same pair of shoes all torn up. And it was because his one thing was to become a professional drummer. And he, would, uh, he wouldn't spend any money on anything unless it had to do with that one thing. And so, yeah, he was a mooch. And yeah, we made fun of him. And yeah, you know, we teased him for, you know, like never spending any money. But he's been in the studio, right, with musicians. He has recorded. He plays now on stages with audiences of thousands of people. And it was because he was focused on that one thing, and he didn't let other things distract him. And so, you know, obviously we, we may not go that far wearing the same Dunkin' Donuts t-shirt every, every time I saw him, you know. It's, but uh, it's, it's important that we have that one thing because it guards against distraction. And the last thing about a one-thing life, to quote Jesus, is that it's rich and satisfying. Right? Jesus uses the words rich and satisfying. I love it. And, and, and I believe a rich and satisfying life is one that you'll be able to look back at knowing that you lived it well. That's kind of how I think of a rich and satisfying life. You know, it's at the end of it, I look back at it and go, I lived it well. Right? I may not have had experiences that other people had, I may not have owned things that other people owned, but you know what? I've got no regrets with the way that I lived my life. I can look back at it and go, wow, I think I, think, I, think I lived that well. I think I made a difference. I think I made a difference. And knowing that it was lived with purpose and knowing that it made an eternal impact on someone else. And a lot of times we think, you know, one of the things that I love about my friend who's one thing was to raise his family, like in the ways of the Lord. You know, we get so caught up in, if, I, if I'm going to live a rich and satisfying life, if I'm, I'm going to live a life of purpose, it's going to impact thousands, right? We think, we think that. But, you know, a lot of times God just wants us to impact our neighbor. And in my friend's case, he just impacted his kids. But his life has impacted thousands of people, not because that was his one thing, to go out and impact thousands of people. It was because he was focused on doing the one thing, and that was raising his kids, and that impacting thousands of people was something that kind of happened, you know, on the periphery. It was a bonus. It was ripples, you know. And so our one thing could be just to impact one or two people. One or two people. You know, that sounds a lot more doable too, doesn't it? When we think, well, yeah, my one thing... I'm going to have a ministry that reaches thousands of people or tens of thousands of people. That is so overwhelming, you don't even know where to start, and you're going to lock up, and you're never going to do it. All right? But if you're, if you're like, my, your one thing is go, I'm going to change the lives of five people in my lifetime. Now, that is different. And that feels a little more doable, right? 
And so, uh, you know, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes um, I'll spend a day, like yesterday, just watching too much TV. Like watching too much TV, right? And, I, and, and, and that's okay to watch TV. I'm not saying that you shouldn't watch TV. But I watched a lot of TV yesterday. Wouldn't you say, honey? I watched a lot of TV. She was there. She was there. She was there with me. She was there with me. She watched way too much TV, but I'm not gonna. She's just, she's just sitting there. She got like a bucket of ice cream on her gut, and she's just watching TV. And she's like barking at me if I touch the remote. Yeah, it's just weird. But you know, uh, or 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 if I spend, <laughs> y'all know that's not true. Or I'll spend like too much time on social media. You know, like I'll get that thing, like every Sunday my phone tells me how much time I spent on my phone last week. And I'm like, what? You know, I'll do better, you know. And, uh, and then the next week it's like, you were up another 20%. No. Um, or, or I'll just, you know, or I'll just get stuck in distraction. And when I go to bed at the end of the day, a day like that, I don't feel like it was a rich and satisfying day. I don't. I, I feel kind of like, you guys ever eat too many donuts? Okay, thank you. One honest person, the rest of you lie. And so, but like we kind of coined this, this, this term uh, because I, I would get together, when Wendy and I first got married, I would get together with like three other guys and we would go to the grocery store and we would get like two dozen donuts at night. And so, and we would come back to our apartment, and we'd have this big old box of donuts out, and we would play Monopoly. That was just sort of like our thing, every, every like, Tuesday night. And, uh, and I remember one night where I'm sitting there, I'm, like, on my third donut, fourth donut, and I'm like, Ugh. And we're like, you guys ever notice that you get full faster on donuts, and you start to feel kind of yuck, and, like, I either need to don't eat for a day or have a salad or something. And we kind of go, yeah, you get donut full. You know, it's, it's not nutrition full. It's not like, oh, that was a good hearty meal full. It's donut full, right? And I feel like when we spend a lot of time engaged in distraction, engaged in television, it's not nutrition full. It's just donut full. It's just, you know, fast food full. And uh, I don't feel like I accomplish anything. And I don't feel like I'm any closer to abundance when I have spent that much time engaging in distractions. And, but what, you know what, when I'm, I'm guided by my one thing, when I've moved closer to the fulfillment of that, I feel rich and satisfied. I feel, you know what, I never sleep better than I do when we, those nights when we come home from camp. And I have just exhausted myself out for, for the cause of Christ. Just, you know, and it's not just because, you know, physically, yes, I was running around and I came back physically exhausted. But I, I come back and I go, I have, I've spent some time on the cause of Christ and I feel very satisfied and I sleep really well. I sleep really well. Sunday nights, I sleep better on Sunday night than any other night of the week. Any other night of the week, I sleep better on Sunday night. Because not only do I get to spend time here worshiping and spend time uh, you know, doing my one thing and spend time speaking and all those things and spend time with my brothers and sisters, but then I go home and then I, I, I write another message and I work and I'm, we meet with our leaders after church. And so on Sundays, I have, feel like I have spent time on my one thing and I feel rich and satisfied. And I sleep like a baby every Sunday night. 
And so, a one thing, life, to quote Jesus, is rich and satisfying. And so, uh, as, as we wrap up today, I just I want to close by sort of reflecting on this and giving us an opportunity to reflect on our own lives. You know, are we reflecting Jesus in his way of living one thing? Now, again, first let me do this. I want to remove any pressure that you might go, where you might go, well, I don't know what my one thing is. Take that off the table, okay? What we know is that a one thing life has kingdom purpose. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know right now. And so, you know, uh, have, you, have, you, have you talked with Jesus about helping you to narrow the focus of your life? You know, are you guided by eternity rather than temporal and distractions? Temporal and distractions. And so I just want to pray that. I just want to pray that. If, Wendy, if you guys want to come, that's cool. And, uh, and so let me just pray that for you and pray that with you. And if you're here this morning and you're like, hey, I would like somebody to pray personally with me, uh, you know, for me over this area, go back and see Bethany. She's back there. And she wants to pray for you. And, uh, and just, you know, ask the Lord to help open your eyes. Ask the Lord to help you move into a one thing, an eternally focused life. Okay? Can we pray? Why don't you all stand with me and we pray. God, we, we praise you. We love you. Lord Jesus, thank you for setting the example of what it looks like to live a one-thing life. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us. And Lord, I, I thank you that as we give ourselves to a life of eternal focus, God, you bless us with richness. You bless us with that abundance, that abundant life. And Lord, we pray that we would be people who spend our energy and our resources, God, on the things of eternity. That we would be guided and informed, Lord, by an eternal focus rather than temporal. And we love you so much. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.